Welcome to Vermont Music Show, a place where Vermont musicians talk about Vermont music and musicianship and tell the stories of how they got here and where they're going. Hosted by myself, Will Andrews, a.k.a. Will Vereen. And I'm Mark Daly, Medela. Uh, in this week's episode, we will be talking with DJ, booking agent, and Waking Windows co-founder Brian Nagel, a.k.a. DJ Disco Phantom. Uh, I met Brian at St. Michael's yeah. College in the fall of 2004 and have stayed in touch with him ever since. Brian is an incredible DJ with two ears on the pulse of hip music, building unique and bumping sets filled with tracks ranging from Chanel Trace to Fleetwood Mac to Zap and everything in between. Whenever I think I've found a unique artist, I send over a link to Brian only for him to tell me they've already played at the monkey twice and their newest album is even better than the one I'm listening to. Uh, <laughs> it's very, very true. Along with tirelessly DJing around the Northeast, Brian finds time to book artists at the monkey house and work with his crew on putting together the Waking Windows Music Festival in Winooski that has grown into a pillar of the Vermont music scene and a template for community organization. Brian is a local legend, a true grinder, and best of all, a friend. Pumped to be talking with you today. DJ Disco Phantom, welcome to the show. Thank you so much uh, for having me. This is awesome. I'm super excited to do this. Uh, yeah. And like I said before, when we were starting to think about people that we wanted, you were on the short list, um, person that has connections all over the scene in all different, um, areas. So, um, let's start with the DJing stuff. Uh, give us a little background of, you know, music in your, your life early on and how you kind of came into becoming a DJ. Yeah. So, um, it basically it all started, uh, in high school. Um, I went to Tabor Academy in Marion, Mass. Um, and it was freshman year. Oh, actually, uh, Home of the Slip, too. Um, and they're mm. probably a show favorite also. Uh, they played Dark Spring Fest multiple times. It was awesome. Also, they're from Rhode Island. I'm from Rhode Island, so all good things. Um, <laughs> but uh, so it was already like, you know, uh, met some friends. Yeah, like freshman year. I don't know if it was our hall or like the, um, the dorm that I lived in, but we found out um, maybe like a month or two in school freshman year um, that the high school had a radio station. Um, and, you know, some folks did it, but it wasn't super popular. Um, but already then, obviously, you know, very into music, you know, in elementary school and then, you know, played in like school band and stuff. But then when I got to high school, I was really interested in radio. And once I found out um, the high school had one, me and three of my friends uh, on my floor, um, we started getting into it. And like my advisor, I think was like the course teacher. So he was obviously involved in music. So he helped us kind of get a show and then ended up doing the show all four years of high school and then went to St. Mike's in Colchester and found out they had WWPB. Um, same thing, like freshman year, a couple friends in my hall um, or uh, lived uh, next door to me, uh, found out that they had a station and we used to do the 12 to 2, or 12 uh, a.m. to 2 a.m., the red-eye flight uh, from freshman year all up to senior year. Um, so just really enjoyed, um, you know, doing the radio thing, digging for music, and then also a big thing is obviously sharing music with people on the radio. And then, yeah, with, like, friends, whether it's, like, telling them to go to shows or just, like, kicking them, like, records or CDs and stuff. So um, it was kind of uh, ingrained in me, yeah, to, you know, dig for music, share music, all that kind of stuff, go to shows. Um, and then when I got to, um, you know, when I was like getting out of St. Mike's, um, I finally kind of started to get the itch, started like looking for gear online and, you know, like turntables and mixer and all that stuff and really wanted to play out. I still love kind of the radio because I even did like a year on the radiator with Big Heavy World after leaving St. Mike's. Um, but then I got an opportunity to start DJing out 
um, at like the monkey house and nectars. Like I remember, um, I had a buddy who worked in the kitchen at nectars and they had like, um, a band cancel like a random Tuesday and it happened a couple of times and he hit me up. He's like, Hey dude, I know you're still in town. Like, do you want to, um, like come down and fill in? And I was like, yeah, sure. And then after those like first couple of times of actually, you know, leaving, um, the DJ booth and the radio station and playing out, I got really excited of just, you know, even though I, you know, be in the booth with friends or even, you know, I started DJing in college too, there was at least like streaming. So friends could like be in the chat or whatever, you know, make it kind of interactive. But the fact of playing songs out and then seeing people's reactions and then that kind of dictating my set rather than being in the radio station and, you know, kind of having my set list or playlist already, you know, and, um, and even though we always like try and outdo each other as like friends in the studio, be like, Oh man, I got the jam. No, I got the jam. So maybe switch it up a little bit, but it was, I liked a lot um, how I could like react to the crowd. And it was like a new feeling kind of an extension of DJing. So then um, yeah, after college kind of left the radio thing behind, started DJing out um, and just like kind of fell in love with it, did all different sorts of stuff, whether it's, you know, doing like hip hop nights or like electronic kind of dance nights or um, kind of how I got into like booking shows and doing that kind of stuff was I, would you know look at bands i kind of liked and i'd be like because i was just starting out i was like oh i could like open the show or like play in between sets or at the end of the night just because i you know i'd be like oh i'd already be there as a fan like i'd maybe play some stuff you know just to keep um you know keep the night going and all that kind of stuff because uh because some sound people really uh study the bands and make a very cohesive set list or like transition music but other folks weren't doing that so i was like oh man i, I could do this so um so that kind of yeah it was a transition of like starting kind of djing and then uh going from the radio to playing out and getting kind of involved in um just the music scene and meeting folks and um yeah starting to yeah kind of move uh into the burlington Winooski music scene what, around what year was that when you first started djing um, out it was like 2008, 2009, kind of. It was like, yeah, it was like, you know, um, just like, yeah, word of mouth kind of friends hit me up with like, oh, where you got a show or like uh, even a bunch of the first times I ever played was uh, for like friends that were having like art openings at like galleries and stuff or like their studios. It'd be like, oh, it'd be nice to have like a DJ. Because um, yeah, folks were kind of new and like knew that I was doing it. Um, and then it kind of just like naturally kind of spread from there to doing shows and then uh, just doing like my own thing, but always kind of, um yeah doing like all different types of stuff just to keep it interesting but also just to you know just starting out and just kind of seeing you know what i liked what i didn't like and then just kind of meeting folks and just keep it open so did you did you practice like oh yeah no i would practice all that like so i would practice all the time in my bedroom like classic like you know the whole setup um and it was funny because i learned a lot like my i guess one of my first important lessons was i'd like make these super tight sets but then, you know, for the crowd or the kind of night that I thought was going to be there, but then I'd be bummed out because like, oh, I spent like all week or weeks on some of these like sets. And then the crowd maybe wouldn't be the type of crowd I thought it was going to be or like the amount of people or like the energy. Um, so then what I did was obviously still practicing like beat mixing or, you know, beat matching and mixing and all that kind of stuff was just really knowing my music. So then I could, as you know, proper DJ, like react to the crowd and have like a deep music knowledge. So then I'm like, oh, it's this type of a crowd or it's like this time of the night or like I'm playing with these couple bands. So just really, um, yeah, definitely trying to hone in on the technical side, but then also double down on the music side. Because it took me maybe like four or five times where I had like, you know, super tight sets and then I'd show up and like do it. And then I'd be like, I wouldn't get the reaction I wanted or it wouldn't, yeah, it just wouldn't fit. And then I, and, you know, instead of like, it's like, how do I make this better? Or, you know, how do I kind of transition? So I definitely remember that the first couple of times that I was like, you know, before the show, like, oh, I'm going to crush the set. Like, yeah. I got the you know, like all the jams, transitions are sick. And then I jump in and just be like, 
just not work out for you know one of like millions of reasons why you know certain things happen at shows but uh but yeah definitely um uh practicing on, like a lot of stuff from like vinyl to the digital stuff to controllers to um even trying to get into some production but um but yeah definitely getting confident with all the time you know spent on the radio definitely knowing the gear but then being able to do that in public and also um you know with gigs too being able to troubleshoot gear whether it's like um, playing with other DJs to be able to like swap out stuff and, you know, be confident with all that. So definitely with doing shows, um, definitely made, um, yeah, made me better at all that stuff, but yeah, definitely practice. Cause it is interesting nowadays where, um, I feel folks where the DJ kind of, it's just like a whole other conversation, but with DJs, like where DJ kind of means anything now. So people could just bring out like a laptop or, you know, whatever, which is fine. Cause I'm all about sharing music and, um, you know, people playing good stuff out. But yeah, it definitely was when I started in like 2008 was like, a, yeah, you had to have like a proper setup with like two de- like two decks, a mixer and like know how to do your stuff. And it, yeah, there wasn't as many controllers or kind of um, things like that to make it easier. But. Did you, did you have like a crazy sound library at a pretty young age or like, Oh yeah. Did, yeah. yeah. I was wondering if like, what interested you early on with those radio stations was like having access to all that music or did you already like have a shit ton of, of um, material of your own? It was kind of like a bit of both. Cause with, um, especially that was like right around the time. Um, cause obviously like I grew up on like, you know, like Napster and LimeWire and stuff. So I was super into that. But then once I got to uh, high school, it was crazy because we had, it was like in iTunes, you could, if you were on the same, network like all the people in my dorm oh yeah it was like a closed network but you could with itunes we could all share each yeah. other's music so that right. was like it was either freshman summer yeah. but that was like a game changer for me that like was we all just would literally go to dorms and just like download like an absurd amount of music so we had we had definitely had access to um like the stacks in when i was in like high school radio and college radio for sure but just yeah i don't know because i feel it that was a thing for like a, a couple years like that itunes i don't know if it was like a glitch or whatever but yeah it would let you because it wasn't just street you couldn't do, it wasn't just streaming you could actually download the music over the network so yeah we all had and we all like trade cd books and stuff like that so like during study hall at night like four or five days a week was just literally ripping music like constantly so i was i was definitely into that in high school and then definitely college and my older brother too is a very like he's the one who got me into music but he had like cd books for days and we'd always like uh with like friends and stuff like trade stuff so it's definitely um always like swapping music with folks and always um yeah, like downloading music like all the time. So, um, yeah, always been about that for sure. Yeah, one thing that I find really, you mentioned it a couple times already, but um, just knowing your library. So as as like someone like you, like you have this massive knowledge of all of the music that you've ever heard or that you like or like, like how do you get to that point in your brain where you can, especially being out at a show and DJing and being like, oh yeah, this we need this shit here, like. Like, how did that happen? Um, just, I feel it's just like always being a fan of like always, cause the thing is I always get really excited when I find something new or like stuff that like really makes sense or like um, whether it's just, you know, just going through like all the music I have on my computer or just like learn, like always, cause I, you know, like a whole life is like always like trading, like texting friends or trading music and stuff like that. And also, yeah, it's just generally because it definitely informs like obviously just DJing being very into music, but then also like with booking the monkey house, I always like think of different types of stuff that works there. And then especially with waking windows, um, it's all just been kind of like a natural progression of being very into music, but also a lot of different types of music. And I always get psyched of, of like, 
you know, not just being a specialist, because that's a kind of, not that it's a bad thing, but mm-hmm. certain DJs are like, I am a house DJ, or I'm even like a micro genre, like I'm a tech house DJ, or, you know, whatever it is. But to me, it's, I don't know, it's just an important thing for me to be very knowledgeable, like all different types of music. And I don't know if that was from, you know, just the different shows that I've done, like, yeah, exactly. Like, when I started with like, you know, doing art galleries and stuff like that, like, I want to play like, like a nice folk song or like an Arthur Russell song. But then I also know it like, 2.33 in the morning if I got to play like a proper like rave track or whatever but to me like always the most like interesting DJs and even performers with albums like I love albums that have like like even like Beck comes to mind but like someone who can do yeah like a folk but then like 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 a glitched out electronic but then hip-hop but then but also that kind of makes sense too that you're not feel like they're reaching for genres so I've always like kind of um liked artists like that where the it's like pretty eclectic um and they you know all their kind of music influences and choices i kind of like dig but also kind of makes sense and it's not just like oh they're just like into everything it kind of you know has a little bit of like a through line but also um that it's just like quality overall that's just like good stuff and and just finding good stuff just gets me just as excited um whether um it makes sense on the dance floor it just makes sense like home listening kind of stuff so um so always like just like constantly searching for stuff well, it comes through. You come yeah. through as such a not knowledgeable dude with music. And that's what I've always loved about you. And you, you've already sort of mentioned this, is that you're not just like coming through the door and like hitting play on whatever. You really like read the room and like for the countless Medela shows you've DJed it. Like you're, you're adding, not just adding to the vibe, but it's like, you're picking stuff that like fits into the the mold of whatever night that may be, you know, if that makes sense. I've always, oh, no, sure. yeah, and even I've like, always admired that about you. Oh, thanks so much. Um, yeah, it's, it, to me, it's like not only important, like, you know, what you're playing, like how you're playing, like even the volume that you're playing. Like I could, you know, like my favorite song is just like too loud or doesn't, or it's not a good sound system or whatever. It's like, there's so many, um, things that I take in consideration because I feel like so lucky to be able to do what I do. And also like, definitely care, care about the crowd, whether I'm like the performer or like putting on the show as the presenter or just like as a fan. Um, like I'm always thinking of, you know, ways to make shows better or um, just even make the experience better. Cause so many people, it was funny, like even for a while too, cause I'd always, even if I'll be like next to the soundboard or wherever people won't, um, wouldn't even realize like I was DJing and then they'd always ask, they'd be like, oh, like, you know, like, oh, is that like the sound person or whatever? Or they'd ask me, they come to me and be like, who is this music? I'm like, I don't know. Just to be, just to like mess with people, just to be like, because they would kind of notice they're like, oh, this is kind of better than what normally happens or like what they've been used to. Um, so like in the beginning, I'd just be like, I don't know who's playing. Like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, it just adds like the overall like fun and the excitement of the night too because even with like helping out bands too, like with, uh, I always want to play afterwards, you know, just see if I get people to dance, but also people just to hang and like buy merch and chat with the bands and just make it yeah. like a whole night rather than be like, you know, rather than, you know, show up right when the show starts and then leave, you know, make it more of a thing where people might show up a little bit early, hang out with a friend, and, you know, playing some jams at the bar, catching up. Then, you know, the show starts and then in between, you know, maybe, you know, check out the merch table or chat with a friend or whatever. Yeah, make it more of like a whole evening versus just a standard uh, kind of show and make it more of a hang and just more of like, yeah, I always think of shows as like a whole evening rather than just, um, yeah, just like who's headlining or whatever. Um, and just people showing up for that. So definitely trying to make it, yeah, enjoyable. Um, yeah, just evening experience for folks. So it's a little something different versus what they're uh, used to. So how many... How many dates do you think you've done? Like how many nights have you DJed? Have you ever thought about that? 
Uh, I, I like, it was maybe like four or five years ago. I stopped. It was like well over a thousand. It was now it's probably like at least like over 2000 or if not more, honestly, because I've done like some crazy vendors of like, you know, like a week with like 12 plus shows or like just crazy. Yeah. Like even, uh, my most ever, it was, it was either six or actually hold on the poster is in my comedy hours. Oh yeah. The bean, I did 18 hours, uh, one day or one yes one day so Holy that, shit. that was during like that was like i think it was like five years ago that was my challenge of like i was getting not i was like almost looking up like guinness world record stuff because i was djing or i was doing like one to two gigs a day sometimes yep. and i was curious about so was like looking it up um but then when i looked at the guinness world book of records you can actually every hour you get five minutes for like your health because they're obviously not trying to kill people so the guy who has it is like almost a week but he would add up all his five minutes per hour and do like these, you know, cat disco naps. But I don't know what the record is for just straight. But during that period, like five, six years ago, I was really into that. So I was, I did like a nine hour set at the monkey house uh, for some reason, just cause. And then I was like, I'm going to double that and do 18 hours. And then at the being like five years ago. And that was uh, really fun. That was actually great. Like I had a great time doing it, but I was, uh, I was very, I'm still, I guess, into that. Cause that's kind of DJ culture is like people doing marathon sets, but. Um, but yeah, I was super into that and I was, I still would do it like normally if that was acceptable to do during these times. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. You no, know, super fun. And even when like zoom started, I was like, I could just DJ forever. Like literally with like, like even my friends on the West coast, I mean, the East coast could go to sleep and then I had friends in California could tune in and just like go. But, um, but it's fun too. Cause even you're saying with, like, you know, deep music knowledge, it's like, you can kind of really stretch out and play a ton of stuff. Um, but yeah, it's, it's uh, obviously since the pandemic, not playing that much. But before that, yeah, definitely still staying pretty busy, but also always kind of mixing it up with doing all different types of shows um, and like different types of residencies and stuff like that, just to keep it interested in doing it, but also to keep it fun, like always kind of digging for stuff rather than um, doing the same kind of stuff. So, um, but yeah, always playing a lot when we can play. I feel like 2017, 2018, and this was probably more when I was out and about more often, not to say that it like tapered off, but I feel like 2017, 2018, around there, everywhere I'd go, you were DJ. Yeah, were I know. I know. <laughs> like, and it would be any type of function. It would be like a company party at the lamp shop or like down yeah, yeah. at the waterfront or like just everywhere. Yeah, it'd be like, yeah, Nick, Nick Mavinonis would always like joke. He's like, should we just always add your, like, because he was obviously with Higher Ground and um, MSR and Angio and then even um, like at the Radio Bean, he's like, should we just add your name to like every poster? Because it literally like turned out like that. And then I played like tons of shows that I wasn't even on that I'd just be like, oh, yeah, like be there helping out and be like, do you want like, you know, band and load in? And they're like, oh, do you just want to DJ tonight? He's like, like, why aren't you DJing? And I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'll DJ. Like, I don't care. So, um, but no, definitely helped with, um, yeah, just like, the, just everything. It was just, I was always like having fun. Like, cause I was like, Oh, why, why wouldn't I play tonight instead of like just taking the night off and hanging out? Cause if I did that, I'd be like, Oh man, there should be a DJ here tonight. Or like, I wish <laughs> I was playing. So I would just kind of always uh, have the mobile disco ready to go. to play shows. It's amazing. Um, yeah. what you mentioned it a little bit right now, like obviously the live music industry is not happening right now, but for you, like virtual DJing is something that people do. Is that something that you're doing consistently or were you like, I don't want to do that. I'd like, what's your deal with that? 
Um, it was kind of so at first I was, well, I was like, at first I was just like scrambling just cause we were like trying to save waking windows. We were trying, I was yep. trying to like help with monkey, do all that kind of other stuff. Um, and then as I was getting into it more, it was kind of, or yeah, literally like a year ago, um, was doing kind of like, um, I tried like doing like Facebook live and Instagram, but you'd yep. get kicked off every once in a while. So, you know, it was like fun half the time or you'd like get some folks and then it would go away. And then I started doing like some zoom sets, which was really fun just cause you can like physically see folks. Cause that was kind of the weird thing. The first time doing like Instagram or Facebook, I was really nervous because, um, you can't really see the reaction you're just kind of like looking at the viewers and you're like, Oh, like am I doing it right? Is the audio good? Is the video good? Like, there's like so many technical things versus like at a club where it's like, Oh yeah, the sounds good. I see people dancing like this makes sense to me, but it was, so it was a, a very interesting, um, yeah, just thing. And I, and the biggest joke for DJs was, is like, or any, you know, person at a concert, it's like, would you put your phone down please at a show? And now I'm like begging people to like put their phone and like watch me DJ. Um, so it was like the complete flip of that to be like, Oh, I'm now playing to a phone or a computer. Um, but, you mean the little, the little floaty hearts that people can send up, uh, th yeah. that didn't do it for you. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, it was, it was very interesting, but the cool thing was at least about like zoom and doing some of the stuff, even on Twitch was, um, having folks that maybe haven't seen me DJ in like 10 plus years and just like, you know, people maybe who don't go out that much anymore and you know, all that kind of fun stuff. Um, it made it really nice, like to reconnect with some people that all of a sudden playing, you know, just having fun. And then I'll be like, Oh my God, like so-and-so's here. Like, or I can't believe, and just seeing also like the groups of people like online that folks that haven't seen each other. Um, so that was fun. So like zoom and Twitch were the best, but then I kind of, um, mellowed out a little bit with doing kind of DJ stuff just cause honestly with like playing so much and being so busy, I like had to, there was like a bunch of like house projects and like life stuff that I just finally was like, Oh, I have time to do <laughs> basically like everything I've like left behind, you know, just cause like I love music, especially with like DJ normally and then doing like private events and weddings all summer and then do waking windows and the monkey house and like all these things that I love. And I'm so fortunate to do. Um, it's, you know, many things get left by the wayside that, that you might've uh, been like, Oh, I'll get around to that one day. So I actually did like a ton of yard work, a ton, like repainted a bunch of the house, kitchen, bathroom, did like uh, the basement, like a ton of cleaning and like stuff like that. And also just kind of um, to recharge and kind of take a, like a step away because with the past 10 plus years um, of even, yeah, cause Waking Windows is gonna be 10 this year or last year. And like all that kind of stuff, it has been kind of all hands on deck for like the entire year. There really isn't a slow period for me because once, um, yeah, waking windows in the spring, then private events and weddings in the summer, then fall is like a lot of, um, the touring bands we do work with, whether it's the monkey or waking windows, a lot of people are on tour dropping albums. And then the winter is uh, yeah, it's like private events, private parties, and kind of like, I still like to snowboard and do other normal stuff, but it seems like the year is like almost already planned for itself. So, yeah. um, even though obviously the pandemic was devastating in so many ways, it let me kind of take a step back and do kind of like some personal stuff and stuff that I have been really wanting to do. And then I was like, Oh my God, how am I behind on all this stuff? And I'm like, Oh yeah. Cause I haven't really done a lot of the things that I should be doing or um, as like an adult human being. Um, so it was a nice thing to step away, but then I still get super excited. If like a friend had like a birthday party or I do like a zoom DJ set and it would just be like, I'd be like, Oh my God, how am I living without doing this stuff? Just cause it was, you know, an everyday thing. Um, but also definitely gave some perspective to kind of step back and, and do some other uh, things and even like music organization, like organizer records and like all stuff that was always just like not sloppy, but just like never um, had the proper amount of time that I would like to put into certain things. So that was kind of nice to, to be able to do that. But there are people that are like crushing on Twitch and that was a super fun thing was uh, seeing like some of my favorite DJs who have never gotten to, you know, um, see and all of a sudden they're on like Twitch or um, 
what another like streaming platform and just be like, Oh my God, I got to see so-and-so DJ for like two or three hours and like watching like some of like the true masters, um, play. And even like with other DJs too, being like, you know, so-and-so, you know, I always try and like travel to see people live, like in New York, Montreal, but to be able to like, you know, on the side of like sidebar of my screen, be like, Oh, I get to watch like 10 of my favorite DJs tonight and just like kind of pop in and, and see what's up. And especially to it's the ultimate set for some of these folks is they're literally playing their entire record collection, like in their home. It's not like they have to be like, Oh man, I had to lug like four or five crates right. to the gig tonight. It's like, Oh, you have your entire record room and then your other record room and you can hang out and organize all week. And you have like your most ideal, like mixer and set up, you know, it's like your home system. So, um, that was like a really cool thing to see a lot of DJs. Yeah, I didn't go nuts as some other folks because some some people have really um, like dived in, which I think is a really cool thing. I don't know if that will like that streaming component will be a part of it, which is which I think might continue for some folks, which will be cool because you can um, kind of bring your crowd that you've like in community that you've developed over all this stuff. Um, but I don't know if some because some people were really into it and some DJs were like, I can't do this because they just need the connection. And yeah, there's no like really right or wrong way to feel about it. It's just how people kind of feel about what they're doing. So but no, the online thing is definitely cool. Um, but yeah, I definitely I did way and just did just other things, which is good. So but yeah. speaking of which, one of my favorite things of the uh, like early onset pandemic <laughs> was you had this really great continuous. I feel like you're coming out of your comedic shell. You oh yeah yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you were getting fit, and <laughs> yes, you're working out a ton, and you kept doing this these Insta stories of like back on the mat and like giving, giving all these updates. And I was eating that shit up. Yeah. I really, not there, that was like I... one of the positive things of the early pandemic for me. Yeah, no, that was, and that was, that's like a thing that like Allie and my wife is, always, you know, we're always trying, you know, better ourselves and be healthy and all that good stuff. And then it was finally a time where, cause she's like, oh, she does a lot of, or was doing a lot of spinning before. And she always wanted to be like, Oh yeah, come to a spin class or come to a thing. And I did like a couple soul cycles and that was like too much for me. Cause I don't need people yelling at me in the dark that already happens at work. So I was like, I was okay with that. <laughs> um, and then, um, so then all of a sudden, like there was like no excuse anymore. It was like, it was like, we have all right. this time. You, can, you know, that was one of the good things about the pandemic for certain folks was like, Oh, I could get sleep, eat. And it's funny if you sleep, eat and work out, like you might feel better. Um, so, you know, who, who wouldn't, who, who would have yeah. thunk? People tell people these Back things. Back on the mat. Yeah. So then I, uh, it was honestly a way to keep me honest and keep working out was to post videos every day. Cause I was like, I was like, I, I was like, how am I going to keep this up? And I was like, well, I'll make myself accountable by if I post on Instagram every day and then people like check in and they're like, so how's it going that I have to at least show up and do that. And that was like one of the huge things this past year was um, after forever, finally, um, yeah, just like working out and getting outside and having time like I got like a skateboarding and got a bike and like all this kind of like fun stuff too that I was like, how did I do this before? And I was like, oh wait, I didn't because I just was, you know, constantly doing music, which is amazing. Too but yeah, busy. yeah, having that time to all of a sudden be like, oh, I don't have a gig tonight. I could like call up a friend or go to the skate park and like be outside and do something active and like all this kind of fun stuff where it was all kind of stuff that in the back of my mind like have my skateboard in the studio and I'm like oh I should use that one day and now I'm like oh I can use that or go for a bike ride um so that was like a huge thing with uh yeah getting like just trying to be healthy and um and yeah getting 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 on the mat there bod you know putting in the work putting in your time um <laughs> but no that was um you know that was definitely a big part of it i'm trying to like yeah exactly and that's as we whatever this new normal is but add yeah to kind of take those um those component you know those new life skills and things like to bring back in your life because i was just reading the thing 
uh, Questlove posted on Instagram and like he was just getting on his first flight and he was like really anxious because he, you know, travels constantly, whether it's with the roots or, you know, doing late night with Jimmy Fallon, all that stuff. And he was, he's one too where he's like, I don't know if I want this to be the, you know, like going back to being like absolutely crazy. And like, cause he got, you know, he's been trying to get healthy and like eat right and work out and like gets 10,000 steps in and all that. Cause he, I think he like uh, the early quarantine days or pandemic was like at a buddy's farm, like Pennsylvania. So we'd like walk throughout the apple orchards and like do all the stuff that like, you know, living in the city and being a showbiz slash, you know, extremely busy musician, DJ, you know, music producer, all that kind of stuff that is kind of, um, so yeah, definitely trying to bring that stuff with me and not just let it kind of like fall by the wayside and and yeah just and yeah because i just still can't get over it's like funny talking to some other friends too when it started they're like i kind of feel better i'm like just getting eight hours and like eating good or like eating veggies and stuff and like drinking water and like exercising it was like crazy what happens when you have a little bit of time to do it but yeah hopefully people will keep that stuff up uh, when they go back to uh when stuff starts opening back up so yeah, so, yeah i mean great. still love the mat big fan of the mat get on it <laughs> gotta get on it yeah you said it i i think that there is there was something to some extent like unhealthy about the way that everything was before especially when you have kids and you're like you got soccer and then you got this and then you got this play date you got all this sort of stuff and then for me like even gigging less but recording and teaching and like like there's so much piled on um that there there is some sort of unhealthiness to it so when things kind of get back to normal ish in the next year, year and a half, whatever, like, are you going to manage your gigging timetable or your, like, how are you going to change that to kind of bring some of this healthiness that you felt and Um, into the, your reality? No, for sure. Uh, I think, I was talking to a friend the other day about this is just being kind of like more intentional about stuff and not just saying yes to everything. Cause I used to, not that I was missing out. It was like a, like a FOMO DJ, like, Oh my God, I got to play everything. But just kind of, um, I always, it was just something I enjoyed. So I was like, Oh, I can do this all the time if I like doing it. And you know, um, but being a little more intentional of like maybe where I play and how I play and like why I'm playing and all that kind of stuff. So it will kind of like fill up the energy or fuel or inspiration tank or whatever you want to call it. So what does keep going and it isn't to burn out because it is like all nice things that I do. I am very much a yes person. I have a hard time saying no, unless it's like, I'm already booked and I literally, I just can't do it. But yeah, I like take on um, a lot, especially yeah, stacking up all the stuff with just like personal, like regular DJing and private events and monkey and waking windows and then the regular shows and then the festival and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, cause it is, I feel it might be a little tough. It's yeah, it's definitely gonna be tough first. Cause obviously the excitement's definitely there. Like even last night doing the silent disco, it felt amazing. You know, even yeah. though it was like 25 people, you know, it was like spaced out, like very safe, you know, it was like, yeah. but just to actually have people like react and just um, yeah. remind me like why I do this. And then I'm like, this is so nice sharing music, having fun, you know, like, and especially too, it's like such a tough thing. And another tough thing this year was like, you know, when people like lost their jobs and there was all this saying of like, oh, you're not your job, but it's, but for certain folks, I was, I was having this conversation with a friend who's a tattoo artist, but it's like, like, I know I'm Brian, but I also am a DJ. Like, that's who I am as a person, even though that is a job and stuff. But that was kind of a thing too, where it's like, I'm losing a piece of who I am. Um, you know, and you know, it's, you should just be judged on, on Brian Nagel. But, um, so that's kind of hard, especially with folks in the arts is like, that's, they really, um, you know, it's not just a job or a career. It's like a part of, you know, their soul. Like it's, you know, what they do. So, but I am going to try and be like more mindful of, um, 
yeah, kind of like the burnout of it because yeah, after a while it's like, to me the most dangerous thing, um, with, um, you know, putting a price on like a hobby that becomes a job, you know, becomes almost like your job. It's like your passion is that, you know, cause some people never in their entire lives find like a passion or a hobby or like a project they like truly brings them joy and makes them feel alive, which I feel so fortunate with music and DJing and putting on shows and all that stuff. Um, so to me, it's so dangerous to like ruin that. And that, that one thing that maybe made you really happy or, you know, is your kind of reason, reason to be is goes away. And I think that's, you know, I, I definitely treat that very seriously. Um, so maybe kind of when things are kind of rolling back is, yeah, is just kind of check in every once in a while. Maybe even like my booking spreadsheet, I'll be like, why am I doing this? Like, is this actually a good idea? Uh -huh. Like, do I need to be doing this? And like, I can maybe not take this gig and then I'll maybe just do a couple this week, but there'll all be stuff that I'm like super excited about. Um, or the money's really good. Um, so yeah, yeah. but, um, cause that always hey helps. That, that always helps sometimes too. Um, but, um, but yeah, kind of just being more thoughtful about the process and yeah, taking like a pause too, like you were saying with having like all those commitments and it's like, it's tough too. Cause when it's all like good fun stuff that yeah. you're like, Oh, this is all stuff that I'm interested in. I want to do it. But then at the end of the time you're like, Oh, am I going to be absolutely like when I do get to that good gig or that good thing? Like, am I mentally physically going to be there for this? Or am I just going right. to be kind of going through the motions and not fully enjoy and get out of it what you put in kind of so. Yeah. yeah. It definitely is tough. Yeah, I mean, I just think, I think you're just gonna play every gig. Yeah, no, <laughs> I probably honestly will. Like, it, yeah, because I get, I get so excited. I'm such a person that gets so excited when other people are really excited. So, like, yeah, obviously, especially with coming back and doing everything, and I love to like be able to be a facilitator, whether it's like you know being the DJ and performing or like putting a show and getting people like really excited, especially with when stuff does start to really open back up. Um, just to like bring happiness to people, whether it's with like the festival or regular shows or just like, you can tell like how much some of the shows make like people's weeks or days or, you know, where they're just like so pumped or like, yeah, when we do like confirm a show, it's a monkey or waking windows or whatever. Like I'll hit someone up like immediately before it goes on sale. I'm like, yo, and they're like, thanks so much. You know, I like love yeah. that stuff when, right. you know, just like spreading fun. So yeah, it's hard, hard to stop the fun sometimes. So. Um, speaking of fun, do you want to describe a little bit of like waking windows for people that might not be familiar with it? And then we can kind of oh, yeah. dive a little bit deeper into that. Oh yeah. So waking windows, uh, it was going to be year 10 last year. We started it like kind of 12 years ago. A uh, good friend, Peter Negroponte, he uh, started a fest called the other music fest in uh, Burlington. Uh, he's also the drummer in Gorilla Toss um, experimental kind of electronic band. Um, and he did, uh, it was, he was, went to the new England conservatory and he was a big jazz person. And he did a festival called other music festival, um, in Burlington and it ran the same time as Burlington Discover Jazz Fest and his thing was it was all about like outsider music That's what it's called other music But it was like free and like acid jazz and all that kind of stuff because he kind of wasn't seeing that being programmed At the Burlington Discover Jazz Fest. No offense to Burlington Discover Jazz Fest, but he just that wasn't happening then yep. um, So he kind of created that and then uh, Pete uh, he did it. I think it was like uh, maybe like four or five nights, but he gave us an opportunity. He knew me, Nick and Patty doing angioplasty media and just doing shows. And he's like, Hey, do you guys want to do a showcase one night? And so we started, um, doing, we did it, uh, the first two years of the, or the festival was only for two years, but each year we did a night and we we're like, Hey, maybe we could, uh, you know, do something like this. And then cause the monkey house kind of be in our home base in Winooski, there was a bunch of, in the rotary, there was like a bunch of empty storefronts. So, and we've always been kind of like DIY and our, you know, putting on shows. Um, so then, um, we also went down to Peterborough, New Hampshire and our buddy, Eric does this thing called thing in the spring and also is like a similar layout where it's like yep. kind of in a circle, like downtown using like 
you know, bookstores and restaurants and a library and all these kind of spaces that can be made into venues. And then so um, we started the first year was absolutely ridiculous. We did it also the same uh, time uh, as the Burlington Discovered Jazz Fest. We did like, I think we did 12 days. We did one day more than the Jazz Fest just to be like, we can go longer. Um, <laughs> and it was just ridiculous. Um, but it was, and it was all the monkey house and we did, yeah, it was like 11 or 12 days straight. Um, and then we, the second year we realized that we should probably only do things for three or four days at a time. So then, um, yeah, then we've been doing it ever since in downtown Winooski. We do up to like 17 or 18 venues, all different types of stuff, whether it's at like record shops or the church or um, other restaurants or, you know, vacant spaces. And we put on like all different types of stuff. We have like literally now it's grown to, I think like 170 plus bands um, from like all over like uh, regional national touring acts. Um, and we do like, um, we even do like drag queen story hour. We do uh, comedy showcases. We even do a bird watchers like uh, Saturday morning kind of hang. We do like literally for anything for anybody. Like I have my dad came and he is, was like 85 when he came two years ago or the last time we had it. And then like, we have like people bring like their newborns and stuff. So they're literally, I feel like a used car salesman. Like when people come to the box office, it's like, what do you enjoy? We got it. We yeah. got it for you. So, um, yeah. So it's for like super crazy, like people that are very into music and want to see like a million shows or kind of the casual fan who just wants to kind of like roam around, check, you know, like find a new band or a new thing that they like, um, you know, and try and like kind of discover Winooski. So, um, but yeah, it's kind of a little bit for everybody. We do, yeah, we do like, uh, document like music documentary screenings. Um, so we try and like build it out every year, just kind of give a little bit more, um, just variety and just kind of options for folks. So it's not kind of your, um, standable standard, you know, festival that you just go and it's like just bands like all day long. So, um, yeah, some we've been building for a long time now and definitely super proud of it. Um, and I, yeah, work on that with, uh, Matt Rogers, uh, Nick Mavadonis, uh, Patty Reagan and Allie Nagel. So it's like the core crew that does it. And we got a good team that helps. And Winooski, got to plug them, um, are the best. They really let us uh, kind of do our thing. Um, and it's been really exciting to like kind of grow up the city. And uh, they're just like a great partner for the fest. So, um, so yeah, it's been, it's been good. It really is truly a unique festival. And, it, you, and it's developed into something so amazing and big. Like, as you said, you've just been building it up more and more over the years. And what I love about Waking Windows is that it's it's right at the beginning of May, like springtime. I feel like it's become that quintessential like coming out party for everyone after a long winter in Vermont. And I just oh. love going and just you're you're seeing people that you haven't seen for a couple months or whatever. Um, and it's just you. I just love bumping into friends right and left. And it's so, it's just, and every t t person you see, you're just like, Oh, Hey, yeah. And it's like the weather's just starting to get nice. And it's, there's, yeah. I feel like it radiates throughout the whole festival. It's kind of just like this amazing. Oh yeah. It's so like, it's so, yeah. yeah, it really is like as cheesy as like, we almost were going to do like a bingo in the uh, program of like waking windows, bingo, but like in the middle is obviously like rotary high five, like all the, th like all the classic things that happen, but it is, it just makes me like so happy because people, yeah, especially in Vermont, you know, kind of hibernating for the winter, which is actually, I like, cause it kind of like lets me like re-energize and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, but then coming back out of it is just so nice. Cause you realize you're like, Oh yeah, this is why I live here. I get to see, like, see some friends, do some cool stuff, like have like a real community. Um, you know, bond with folks and it really means something. And it is just so nice. Like I love like 
Cause even, um, you know, I, I uh, got a Fitbit a couple years ago and I do like, I was like 15 miles around the rotary or whatever. I'd like joke of like, we should do like a rotary 5k, but like just walking around it endlessly during the festival over the three days. And like the entire time, I'm still like so happy to see people and just like even watching like, yeah, those interactions like you were saying was like just seeing like two people hug or like high five or like, like, oh my God, I haven't seen you forever. Or just, or even like friend groups being like, oh, I told you about this friend and they're here right now or like whatever it is. But it's just that it's such like fun, um, just amazing things that keep me going, especially with the festival. Um, cause it is, cause obviously started out, obviously it was so much about the music, but now it's definitely shifted. Um, yeah, that just is about community and people seeing each other and having fun and coming together and, and, uh, doing cool things. So no, definitely. I love, um, I love that stuff. And I'll even watch like the recap video every once in a while when I need some inspiration to be like, Oh yeah, this is a, uh, like, and a majority it's like, obviously I love the crowd. I mean, I love the, you know, shots, the bands, the DJs or whatever, but like the crowd shots or like people interacting shots are like my favorite or like the best. Yeah. So. Super sentimental and just yeah. like so much happiness on people's yeah, faces. Good hugs and stuff like that. It's just like great where I'm like, Oh man, they're having the best time. So no, so like circular thing too. the circle. Yeah. yeah. So cool. How it just like, everyone's moving around and yeah. just different venues all in that circle. It's so great. Yeah. So rather than just kind of like, yeah, like entering a festival and just being like, going to see like whatever stage you're like, okay, my favorite acts on this stage. It's like more of like whether you're going to catch someone, you know, getting, you know, at a food truck or see them at a comedy show or whatever. Yeah. People are like kind of moving around, which makes it fun. Yeah. Versus just kind of being at a, which I, I do love festivals like that. Love Oshiaga and festivals that I just go to whatever my stage is and check out the bands. But, um, but yeah, no, I like, I like being able to move around and, and have kind of like hang zones and, and kind of choose your own adventure versus having like kind of the, this is what you got to do kind of plan. So makes it nice for sure. Yeah. I think like all of us, we've all played it. Um, and it's just so great as a local artist too, because it, it, it's Burlington Jazz Fest is wonderful, but you're, those are like specific gigs that you play. You're like, I'm going to do yeah, the, yeah. the main stage and then I'm out. But for the waking windows, it's like every local musician is playing too. So yeah, you, yeah. you guys, you have your national touring acts, but then you have every single person that's around <laughs> either one year yeah. or the next year is performing. And as an artist in those uh, performances, because you're playing as a festival, but you're also basically playing for your friends and your community, you just want to burn yeah. it down. I mean, the last, oh, yeah, sure. the last time I, I played at the last waking windows, we, we had the appalled Eagle show at monkey and oh, yeah, we, yeah. we started playing at like, two o'clock AM on the first night. Yeah, that was phenomenal. And we played yeah. for, uh, you know, 25 minutes and I put every single thing. I still think I'm like getting goosebumps thinking about that. We were just making it up and we were just shredding and rocking out. And all the people were like, it was like the greatest show I've ever played. And it was for 20 yeah. minutes at 2 AM. Normally yeah, everyone's going for it. It's just, everyone's going for it. Everyone's so yeah. jazzed to be there and wants to play for their friends. And you guys have built such a great, um, like great street cred. Everyone loves you guys too. And everyone says yes. Like for you guys, yeah, like booking local artists, everyone's like, bro, like, yeah, sure. Yeah. I'll, I'll play for free. No problem. Yeah. You know, like at this okay, 20 minute set, you know? Yeah. Cause it is that like putting all the effort. Cause you know, we're going to like make the venue look good. We're going to make, you know, like everything that goes into the, like the sound system, the lights, the whatever, um, like we'll get like Lee or someone to do like some art in the venue, but yeah, that everyone's so about it. And then even like certain folks, um, 
we're like, yeah, they're set, you know, whether they'll plan to like, you know, release their album that weekend or an EP or they'll, um, you know, say if it's like, I remember like we put someone in the rotary and then they added one to like, Oh, like we're going to, for this, cause on the album we had like a horn section or we had like a string section or whatever, like we're going to do this. Or we're going to bring our, like, you know, even like out of our own pocket, like pay to have like two backup singers or like whatever it is. But yeah, like the artists, uh, especially local folks will like, try and um you know even make it extra special like whatever the performances they're doing that they're like oh we're gonna have dancers for the set or we're gonna have, yeah or we're gonna add like the couple other like auxiliary players or we're gonna you know bring in a lighting designer or we're gonna bring in someone else so like the, it's really like a nice um just good relationship because yeah we're both kind of in it for the same where it's like we want to see folks do their best and then they're also really yeah really excited want to put on like a great great set so it definitely um definitely matters for sure so it's really nice What's like the biggest thing you've learned from being one of the or main organizers of this festival? Um, the ultimate thing I've learned is just learning how to kind of delegate stuff. Cause as the festival's gotten bigger, it was really tough. Cause I, not that I would say like I'm a controlling person, but I liked, especially when somebody's got my name on it and I'm involved in it and I really care about it. Cause obviously with having like family and friends from all over and just like my community know who I am, what I do is it's tough to kind of let some stuff go. And as it's gotten bigger with like having volunteers and other people kind of included like in the team every year is kind of realizing what maybe I don't have to do. Like I literally will be like, you know, sir, like just doing like every, what it's running like bike rack and fencing or like other stuff that I just, or like a stage where I'm like, Oh, the stage has to look like this or be, you know, sectioned a certain way. It's like, Oh yeah, I could just like text this to a volunteer or get another waking windows, like crew member to do this or just kind of, so just kind of learning kind of like to delegate stuff and that I don't have to um, kind of be a part of absolutely every decision or every, Thing, especially with like 17 venues, like I, I need to let some stuff go and then I'll be like pleasantly surprised because I'm like, oh yeah, these people are great. We hired them, they're awesome. Or like a good friend and they, I trust them and they know what they're doing and all that kind of stuff. But kind of figuring out how to replace yourself in certain roles uh, has been the biggest kind of growing pain for me and just kind of, um, just because I want things to be a certain way and look a certain way and sound a certain way. But by um, let people kind of know what my vision is and provide them with like the tools and the equipment that hopefully it works out. So. Um, that is definitely, and try and apply that to like my life and other time, other things like outside the festival, but yeah, being able to delegate, um, stuff to other people has been like super important to yeah, help the festival grow and just like mentally not be <laughs> so exhausted, um, and yeah. like doing all the stuff. So yeah, that's definitely been it. For sure. Um, uh, let's go through some kind of quick questions and stuff like that, but we'll stay on waking windows. Okay. Um, okay. what's, what's been your favorite waking windows performance that you've seen? Um, the best one, uh, well, like my favorite, or I guess the one that means the most is when we had King Tough play, I think it was year five. Um, and that was the first year we shut down when New Ski Falls Way into the main stage on Friday and Saturday night. And it was like super stressful just because of like the first time, you know, shutting down the street and we had to, you know, bring the stage from Atomic. And it was just like a lot of moving parts because the city, I think we only, yeah, we only had it for like two days. We had to like literally Friday morning, like everything was happening, like the portalettes coming in the bike rack, the stage, all that kind of stuff. Um, and we really went for it that year. And I remember, um, being like front row for them. It was like the first time of the day taking a break and they were headlining King Tough Friday night and like turning around or I just like heard the roar of the crowd. And I like look back and it was like completely packed, like a thousand people. And I like looked at the other waking windows folks. I was like, I was like, holy shit, we're doing, like, we did this. Like, it was, so that was, like, probably the most memorable that I, like, come back to that I was, like, that we, like, we, yeah, it was, I couldn't believe. And just hearing, like, the applause and everything was, like, um, 
crazy. It was just like, and I was just so happy because everyone was having a good time, but that was definitely the most like memorable. And then obviously just bands that I love, like Chick 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 and Yacht performing. Um, and just like, yeah, yeah, that always is really exciting for me when like some of my favorite bands, I'm like, oh, they're playing a festival that I'm involved with. They're like Javelin and stuff that um, it's super fun. And uh, yeah, just getting people to play that maybe, like even when we got No Name and stuff that maybe folks that would maybe not play Vermont ever or for yeah. a very long time, yeah. getting folks, um, you know, into the into town with like a little bit of the leverage of the festival to get folks is always a really, really fun thing that happens. So, but yeah, I'd say King Tough for sure. Um, Jaw Gems at the Waterworks. That was pretty good oh, yeah. too. Oh yeah. with the, And we even did that year. It was crazy with, um, oh my, I forget the guy who does, but he does like the Grateful Dead color mixing on the projectors and stuff. Oh yeah. And we did that for that. It was like so sick. Yeah. Cause with Mind Design. Yeah. Right. Like even like little moments like that with like making sure the lighting is perfect. Cause like my, Mind Design, like all his album and like his kind of aesthetic is about yeah. that. So we got to do the special lighting and then obviously making sure Jaw Gems open and then, um, and that was a cool one too, because even what's face like open Mike Eagle was there and yep. then rap Ferrer was there and they were boys. So then, um, open Mike Eagle hung an extra day and then they performed together. So that was like a super sick like day and like set and all that kind of stuff was awesome. So that was really cool. So it's like on that. Um, time. what about, uh, since you've been booking at the monkey, what's, what's the best show that you've put together there? That's not waking windows related. Um, the or just in like re there's like there i'd say i have like a bunch for different reasons but the one i was excited about that was like pure what i do and why i do was channel trace like two years ago because he was someone that was like blowing up in like the music circle and dj world and like people knew about him he was like doing stuff he was like opening for robin at like msg which was wild and then he was doing stuff with a couple other folks and like no one really like people kind of knew about him but not really but that was one that I like booked and like willed it to happen so hard and like texted everybody and like pushed it so hard and it went from like zero ticket sales to like a sellout right before the show happened and it was so great because uh he uses like a bunch of Soundways products so then like a couple of folks from Soundways came and we had like a big hang and then they got like an Airbnb and it was just like a super good thing because he literally went from opening like Robin I forget it was like two or three other people it was like Vince Staples Robin and like somebody else that is like you know, really doing it big. And it was so cool that he had like such a great, like, first of all, that like the crowd was awesome. He had like an amazing time and going playing from like thousands of people to the monkey, a hundred people. And that like, you know, everything was right with the sound and lights and stuff. And then also that he got to like link up with the sound toys crew and they even they, the day he has two dancers with them. And like the end of the night, they wanted monkey out shirts. Cause they want to rep them like on the next show and like all that. So it was just like such a beginning to end. Like the reason why you do shows is cause you like really believe in artists, but then also the fans really give it up and then the performers really give it up. So it was just like everything that was kind of went into the show and why I do those shows um, kind of like all came from that night. But yeah, there's definitely um, like Hess is more and a couple others like that. I just uh, either I'm fans of, or just they kind of remind you those nights like why you do what you do, whether it's like performer fan or like a, promoter of the show so but but yeah I'd say that sounds one. like you made his his trip worthwhile oh yeah yeah no it that must out. have been a really good feeling yeah 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 it was like and they were super psyched because they're like coming it was like between like montreal for like a fly-in and then new york the next day and they're like oh we're coming to vermont and like we don't know what we're doing and then ended up being like one of the good shows on the tour so it was sick <laughs> it was really cool so, yeah and then so. he's like two weeks later he's making a beat with james blake and like, no, exactly. And then he was on the Disclosure yeah. album, and like yeah, obviously right. next time will be like very hard. I'll try it like 
I actually, I got it. Well, I got his number. So maybe I'll text him and be like, yo, can you come through again? Cause yeah. he actually sent me another cool thing. Cause I was like, I asked him for a couple tracks and he sent me, he already, uh, emailed me the tracks too. So I got some stuff, uh, but he was just a really cool guy. So it was just one of those, one of those fun moments where you're like, could tell someone's like right about to, yeah, just yeah. really take off soon. So that was fun. Um, you mentioned it a little bit before, but could you tell us a couple of your favorite DJs? Um, favorite DJs is like, uh, like too many DJs, like James Murphy, Moody Man, Danny Cribbit, Francois K. So kind of like the, um, Paradise Garage era, like Larry LeVan, that kind of stuff. So like a lot of, just cause they're like very eclectic DJs and it, and they kind of play just good music. So and I definitely like some like current DJs that are doing it, but it seems almost more and more current DJs are kind of more specialists where they um, like, even if in playing hip hop, they're like, I just play trap or I just play a very specific kind of stuff, which is maybe more nowadays because you have to kind of brand yourself and have kind of a persona. But I kind of like DJs still that kind of can make it work, you know, pretty much anywhere. So maybe some, you know, some of the older folks, but, um, but there are still like a ton of folks nowadays that, you know, younger folks that are, you know, really good and, um, it's still really good DJs. So, but the is kind of, it is kind of coming back and I don't know if it's cause of like vinyl culture and people playing on like rotary mixers and stuff, but, um, folks are kind of getting more into playing eclectic, like longer sets. Cause that's also, especially in the DJ current DJ world is a lot of, you know, instead of doing a local night that you get maybe four or five hours set to really stretch out a lot of the bookings now for DJs is maybe 60 to 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of just slotted in there you got to crush it at a party or a festival or whatever um so i feel that definitely informs the way a lot of folks are playing but that's the nice thing about um with kind of the with twitch and um it's kind of the streaming stuff is people can kind of really stretch out where they play the records that like they personally enjoy so that's been kind of a nice thing um but yeah lean lean i guess towards like the older paradise garage kind of guys but um but yeah you know just a fan of anyone who's playing good records so that's a good answer <laughs> yeah <laughs> Describe what Winooski means to you in three words. Um, I would say Winooski underdog. Oh, you could say Winooski my town right there. There you go, man. Yeah, Winooski my town. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, I'd say onion the on, or onion underdog because I do have that like. I, I don't know if it's just me being from Rhode Island. Everyone's like, oh, is Rhode Island even a state? Um, but, um, you know, <laughs> it's a town that's like 60 miles, you know, wide uh, or in, in uh, diagonally. But um, I, I always have like a little bit of this underdog, like chip on my shoulder kind of thing. And that's why I love Winooski because even though I love, love Burlington, huge fan, lived there for 10, 11, 12 years, um, North Street all day, North Ave, you know, you, you can. Um, but uh, it is, uh, it's the best, but also Winooski, I just kind of like that scrappy underdog vibe. And that's why like with Matt Rogers uh, doing his thing and then like Nick and Patty doing their thing and me and like all coming together, we all kind of were like DIY and doing kind of like, not that we're like, you know, don't like mainstream popular stuff. Like I, I do enjoy, you know, everything, but it just kind of that, like, we're going to do it ourselves. Like, Oh, it doesn't fit. Or like, that doesn't work. It's like, uh, why don't we just get a stage and a PA or like rent a vet or, you know, get into a venue or a friend's space and just kind of do it ourselves. So, and I kind of get that, whether it's um, kind of get that feeling when cause everyone's kind of just doing their own thing and kind of like definitely community aspect, but people are just like, oh, like you wouldn't expect this here. Or like when we do, like by the same with the Channel Trace thing is like, oh, you know, Montreal and New York, he's gonna have crusher shows at like dope venues. But like, I take it very seriously that like, I'm gonna make sure the second 
he gets there today leaves or like whatever artist is like very taken care of they're gonna have a great time because i do have that like chip on my shoulder that i'm like oh i gotta make sure that like this is just as good as a major city which i feel kind of some people in vermont kind of feel that way or like have that kind of underdog extra effort mentality which i definitely relate to in like many aspects of my life so i'd say that's why i like lobonuski and just kind of um always such a champion of it for sure you know, it makes me think too, like as when I describe um, being like a teacher at, at Winooski High School or, or whatever, it's that same sort of underdog scrappy sort of mentality. It's like the same thing. Like that's kind of how we, how we do yeah. it. Where it's not like supposed to happen, but then when it does, you're like, this makes so much sense and is awesome. And it feels like, you know, like extra good. But then, um, but yeah, it's not like a negative thing, but yeah, just like an extra little, little, little oomph in your step to make it happen. So. No doubt about it. Um, a couple more. Uh, Dream Waking Windows Act. Oh, is LCD sound system for sure. Um, yes. yes. Spring like a big disco ball across from like the mill to uh, the other building. But uh, yeah, yes. that would be, yeah, that would be the ultimate. That, that it was like so sick. Yeah, I still couldn't believe that that happened in Burlington. I literally just went to higher ground and was like, I will poster every day forever for this show um, to do it. And then they literally, when I used to work at the uh, Converse home, driving old ladies around um, uh, to their appointments and their nail appointments and all that fun stuff, I literally like saw them on, there were like Al Doyle and James Burke who were like biking down Church Street and I like almost crashed because I was like, oh my God, I can't believe they're in my city and this is happening. But yeah, LCD um, would be one. And we've had, I feel, yeah, just Chick 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 was huge for me uh, when we booked them because they, um, early days at like DFA Records and like me getting into DJing and like that kind of stuff with, you know, James Murphy and uh, Tim Goldsworthy and those guys was, that was a huge influence. So to have them on the festival meant a lot and my parents see it and all that kind of stuff and then actually like enjoy it. I was, that was a huge one for me. So, but yeah, LCD Sound System would be a massive, would be a big one. So I would say. I can't believe they played at Memorial and I, I, I didn't know I didn't know who they were at the time, so I didn't I wasn't at that show, and I'm just like, why did? I oh, wish a lot I of people didn't there. know. That was yeah, like, I didn't know that who they were at that point. What year was that? Do you remember? Uh, when they played uh, at Memorial Auditorium? I want to say like maybe 2012 or 2013. I could be totally wrong, but it was a thing where I just couldn't believe that that was actually happening. Where it was like right. where that was like a thing in the real like that was happening in a in in the world. I was like it literally blew my mind. But, <laughs> but yeah, they definitely should have played like higher ground or somewhere small. Just because that's the super tough thing too when you have like a band like that that does so well in like major cities and then they're like, Oh, we have a we could do it in Burlington, but it's like but you were playing almost the same size venue that you'd be playing in like Boston or Montreal right. or New York and it's like, Oh yeah, that's not gonna work out. So um but it was it was an amazing show. I had a great time. And you so went awesome. to you went to the, was it the last goodbye? Was that the, the record that they yeah, released? Yeah, I, uh, the, yeah, all the nights at Terminal 5, and then I yeah. went to Massacre Garden, and I went to that, and then, uh, yeah, then we came back. I've seen them at least two times since the resurrection. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're my favorite. I like, I love Brooklyn it. Steel, did you catch one of yeah, those? Yeah, yeah, I got Brooklyn Steel. The, In Montreal, too, right? five nights, uh, but I went to the first night of that, and that was really fun. Then we saw Panorama. Uh, was like East Coast Coach Shallow into that, but no, they're like they're my favorite. I love them so much; they're the best. So, but yeah, a really great band. Um, what's a, an artist that you've really been digging lately? Um, someone I've been really digging lately. Um, it's funny because I've been going as I've been. It's like it's funny, even though um, everyone's like very into Spotify. 
I've been getting into it more to discover artists. So I've been like using that, but it's funny, instead of going like forwards for new stuff, it's actually made me want to go backwards to other stuff. So I've been like digging backwards. Um, I'm trying to think of who like is really great. Cause I'll get, um, I'll like get into someone and then it, cause of Spotify, I do the thing where you just listen to a station based on that one song or artist that you like. So then you just keep going down like a rabbit hole. So now yeah. I just have like tons of random playlists with, um, with stuff. But I think, uh, one that comes to mind is Rick Wilson is really great. Um, from Chicago. Uh, he's doing, um, like it's kind of like R and B disco electronic stuff. But yeah, Rick Wilson, I would say is one that I'm psyched on or like a newer artist that, um, is doing some cool stuff right now. Speaking of Spotify, I've, I've actually been jamming to that mix you made um, oh, yeah. not too long ago that you put out on Spotify. I've been really digging that mix. Yes. Yeah, so see, that's like all older stuff too, where it's like all um, like, yeah, just all like mostly there is some new stuff on there, but uh, or actually, and I want to plug to uh, Benny Sings uh, is amazing too. His, his new album just came out a minute ago. Uh, love Benny Sings, but, um, but yeah, no, uh, that's been fun to like put stuff together with because uh, also it's been weird with like releases too where it's instead of like a ton of stuff coming out where i usually know everything it's like weird where how stuff's coming out and how stuff will because i feel it's like the dam's about to break and we're about to get like a million albums where it's almost gonna be like too much this past year so um but yeah um who, then, who oh, is- actually are i got a plug now too is now it's all come uh, salt both albums that have come out in 2020 were phenomenal those are my two albums of last year and they're still they're so good what was it salt yeah s-a-u-l-t is phenomenal uh rise and untitled i think are the two albums but yeah everything they do is so good salt is amazing that i would say write that down the artist i would champion the most right now is salt so good uh brian what's who are some of your favorite local artists um obviously wolverine and medela uh <laughs> top two um and i'm trying to so who uh paper castles obviously got to plug patty the yeah. best um i kind of like all over the place um i just like anyone who like truly cares about what they're doing um like and you can just see it when it comes off whether it's in the recordings or um the live show um i definitely like a new up-and-coming band i would say like the bubs are really fun because you can tell they're having a really good time and musically, it's really good. Um, I always um, like a Paul Eagles, obviously, with Lee and Taka. Um, and I'm trying to think of someone who else. But yeah, I guess maybe the Bubs would be like the most recent that I would say that I'm like excited about. Um, but I'm always like looking for people and always, yeah, just generally if someone's like, you can tell they actually really care and just uh, like whether it's live or on the recording, I'm just really psyched for people to be doing it. Cause obviously, especially, um, just with the music scene is that, um, yeah, people really supporting each other and also just like, um, you know, good, good stuff coming out. So, but yeah, to kind of say those would be my bands that I'm always looking out for and excited to see. Uh, let's end with a classic question. Uh, give us your best or worst uh, wedding DJ story. Um, best or worst? Uh, let me think. Because best, that. best could also be worst. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> like, only, true, I true. Usually go pretty well, but one I guess that went really was like not the only time I've like ever kind of lost my cool was. Um, like maybe two years ago, I literally had 
it was like a line, like it almost started as like a line. So like all of a sudden the, the mother, the uh, groom or bride comes up to me. She's like, you know, can you play some older stuff for us? And mind you too, uh, this, uh, while I'm DJing this wedding, it's a little extra pressure because this guy Moon Boots uh, from Brooklyn, DJ and producer, I really like, he's there because he's like childhood friends with the groom. So like there's already a DJ who like I actually play their music at. So like I'm like trying to step out of like the D the wedding DJ yeah. world and like play a proper set. Cause I'm like, Oh, you know, there's, you know, trying to act cool. And yeah. even the music <laughs> for motivation. Yeah. Like, Oh, you know, even though he's at like a, you know, in the city, but he's like upstate in Vermont at a friend's wedding and, you know, just some childhood friend stuff, but also being like, yo, there's a proper, there's a real, you know, so I was already trying to like put a little extra effort into it and then playing, you know, some modern stuff. And they wanted like a lot of like actually like, you know, disco and house stuff and like proper dance music. So then the, uh, the, um, the mom of the bride of the groom comes on and she's like, Oh, you know, can you play some like older stuff? Um, and I'm like, Oh yeah, sure. Like just cause she's like, Oh my, me and my friends want to dance like, you know, earth, wind and fire, or whatever. I'm like, got you. Then literally like the second, like after that, like the uncle comes up, then it's like one of the bridesmaids one, like literally it was like the only wedding I've ever done in my like forever that I could not do anything right. And I literally just wanted to be like, here's the aux cord. Like I can't do this anymore. Cause it was like every minute they were like, and then they'd be like, why aren't you playing my song? I'm like, because now there's a little like line of 10 people now requesting every single song. And I'm just like, I can't do, there was like, I could just like quick mix every like 30 seconds of like, Hey, you wanted this. All right. You're going to dance the mix here. Now you want this. Okay. I'm going to mix and hear this. So it was like, it was this gig that I was like extra excited to play. Cause like a DJ somewhat hero of mine was there. And then I end up like, the one night that I couldn't even like figure out how to DJ because it was just mis literally mission impossible. It was the only time like I've ever um, like been crushed, but a positive I'll give you a good one was I did a friend's wedding in Lake Boma, Lake Bomazine and they have like three or four houses that the whole family owned and then a dance floor, like maybe like two feet from the lake. And that was by far the coolest I've ever done. Cause I was like perched up on a deck DJing to like Lake Bomazine and people were literally like dancing on the stage and like in the water and like, you know, playing like Fleetwood Mac and stuff. And it was like the best time ever. Um, so that was good. So if you let me do what I do, it will turn out good. But if you stress me out and keep pulling on my shoulder and like, yeah, probably even like a flower girl was like, Oh, could you play that new like baby shark song? Or like, what? I was like, I can't do this. It's like, this is <laughs> play frozen. Can you yeah. play frozen? Yeah. Yeah, and I'd be like, I know, yeah, I'd be like one or two. Um, but yeah, so uh, <laughs> it was only tough when the when the crowd is like uh, when they uh, when you the biggest thing is I always say whether it's at like a club or a private event or a wedding or whatever is just trust a DJ yeah. or trust the DJ because I'm there to provide a nice time. I care about what I do. I care about the music, how it's presented, when it's presented, all that kind of stuff. Um, but folks nowadays, because of having Spotify and other things, they think they're a DJ and they know what's best. And yeah, it always blows my mind when like the dance floor is packed and someone be like, you know, really get the party going right now. And I'm like, the song I'm literally playing right now is getting yeah. the party going. Like they're like, no, 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 no. I know a song. And I'm like, and then they'll even, then the best thing is when they tell you, they'll either try and like hum it to you, show it you on Shazam, or they'll tell you the name, like it's in the lyrics, but it like is the completely wrong yeah, completely wrong. They're like, you know that song, right? I'm like, oh, that's my favorite song, but I don't have it. Um, but yeah, so it's it's uh, it's a lot. So Wait, just, do you do you literally respond? Oh, did you literally respond like, yeah, it's the song I'm playing right now? Because that is a great fucking. Oh response. no, it has. Like, that has literally like, happened where people will be like, come up and be like, oh, could you play? And I'm like, literally, we're doing this right now. I'm like, it is happening. Yeah, that is happening. Look at the dance floor, person. Come on. Yeah, yeah like in metronome for like not like, I want to say it was either like a 2000s or 90s night or whatever, but they're like, oh, can, are you going to play that, right? Or like, or 
even during that, they'll be like, almost literally go to like the Wikipedia billboard, like 100 of like 90s night or 80s night. And they're like, oh, you're going to play this, this, and this. And I'm like, did you see the post? I'm like, I'm playing all those songs. Like this is happening right in like real time. We're doing this right now. Like, did you, this is like a, literally that's the whole point of this night. Like we're doing that. So, um, I've definitely had that before. Um, or I've, or the person is so drunk they'll request it. I'll be playing it and they'll be like, did you play it yet? And I'm like, yes, this is how we're, we're in the song that you wanted to hear. So I've had many, many like that. Don't open up Pandora's box people. Come yeah, on. no, there's a whole lot of, uh, yeah. So maybe when we go back to the new normal, people be a little kinder. Um, maybe just know their songs a little better too. <laughs> um, so, uh, we, we do that. I don't know. Um, but no, it's always, I, I, you know, love, love playing music, presenting for the people, but yeah, it is, it is interesting sometimes because when you, on that side, when you see that side stage and that person staring at their phone, you know, that conversation is just about oh, to yeah. happen. So, um, I was just, just put my headphones on. I'm like, Oh, I'm in the mix. I'm, in, I'm, I'm mixing the songs. I'm doing the DJ thing. I'm in the, it's not you the portal thing, you know, the thing got to do it. So, um, but yeah, so that's always fun too. Can't, can't wait to go back to request. That was the great thing about the pandemic is any like random private gig or whatever, or even like I did Red Square in the alley, people would be like, be like, this isn't happening. Like there's, there's no one coming after me. I'm like, there's uh we're in a mask, we're in two masks right now. I got my headphones on. Like I put sunglasses on be like, I don't even see you. Like this is not <laughs> happening right now. So, um, so and maybe that will affect Yeah. Maybe, but maybe people will be so excited to, to get those requests in that they've been waiting for a year plus to their favorite yeah. song. Maybe. Like, oh, I got him. That's crazy. Um, Brian, this has been awesome. Do you have anything to plug? Anything coming up? Anything for the people? Um, we are hopefully, oh yeah, so Waking Windows is going to be happening the first weekend of May next year in 2022, um, which very excited about. So finally get to celebrate uh, the 10th year. Um, so that'll be great. Um, what a tease. Yeah, so what a tease. I know, they're just like, and especially too, we did, I gotta say too, we did have Future Island, which is the group's collective favorite band. Yep. So it was almost too good to be true, headlining. Um, and they also, they played Waking Windows 1 and also favorite band all the time of mine. Um, and then the Monkey's kind of getting going a bit right now. Uh, the only actually thing that's like slated on the calendar is Fatty B and Craig Mitchell are doing their uh, Motown Mondays on the second and fourth Monday. So it's Monkey stuff. And then hopefully Waking Windows will start booking shows in a bit, you know, just waiting for everyone to be safe and get vaccinated and things to start to get going. And then I will be also kind of starting to do some stuff um, in the future, uh, but nothing that is uh, comes to mind right now that, that is definitely happening. But yeah, hopefully everyone's just being safe and doing the right things and honestly looking out for each other and looking out for yourselves. So that's a huge thing is that, yeah, to get back to what we like doing, um, we all have to, you know, honestly feel like, feel like Phil Scott, we got to do our part, you know, turn the spigot, we got to do our part, you know. Turn that spigot. Yeah, turn it, quarter turn it at a time. Um, but yeah, so everyone <laughs> just do that and then we'll be able to hang out and, and do fun stuff stuff again so it's 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 gonna happen so it'll be great dude thank you drop but uh but thanks so much for having me on this was super fun and nice to see you guys this is great yeah man we feel the same way thanks for taking the time um yeah Yeah, great to see you brian yeah Yeah. for sure you too thanks i know mark getting the mower out and the snow was coming here bud gotta put the mower back in the shed there hey (laughs) funny you say that bud because i was just out there filming for something for uh Keep an eye out tomorrow. I got right. some lawnmower guy complaining about this fucking snow. <laughs> I put some seed down last week and glad I didn't, you know, can't pick that back up. Killing the flowers, killing my grass. Oh, ain't gonna have it.